I think a lot of the conversations that we're having is, uh, you know, what's next? Who's, who's on the forefront, right? What, what's that technology doing? And I think a lot about um, space shuttles and chariots. Space shuttles and chariots, two things, right? The space shuttle, most technically You're advanced. What they have in common? What do they have in common, man? Do I, you know? I do know. You do know. I do you know? know? Do you know? No. All right. So this is pretty cool. And I think that we can look at where we are as an industry based upon space shuttles and chariots. The space shuttle is only possible because of the Roman chariot. The Roman chariot was two horses driving a guy in a, in a chariot, right? That width defined space travel, the width of a chariot. Because the Roman roads were developed by... You test me. I should have. Sure What's I after really that? Know. What's after the so, Roman road? Here's what a, happened? Here, here's the abridged version. Welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse Mobility, Tech, and Connectivity Podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. The truth is, we've been very busy overhauling the Auto Retail Webcast series, which also contributes to episodes of this podcast. So we are here, we are back, and we have actually a whole series of new episodes coming out for you between now and the end of the month. Now, the soundbite that you just heard is one of many, many, many great soundbites that came out of our show last month in Boston at the Car Gurus Navigate Conference. This inaugural conference was held in downtown Boston at the Heinz Convention Center, October 22nd and 23rd. Car Gurus invited me to moderate a panel discussion there called Not Your Dad's Car Lot, The Changing Face of Auto Retailing. The panel featured Jeff Miller from Carvana, Jeff Vanderwall from ClearShift, and Rudy Toon from Roadster. The panel was a major hit with a packed room with plenty of people on edge. Carvana continues to be a stigma for the auto industry, and it was evident in the room that, that day. Now, at some point in the near future, we'll have a podcast episode featuring that panel discussion, but for now... I have a special treat for you. As you know, the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show, we host live. It's a live stream that we do pretty much every Wednesday. And since I happen to be at the conference on the day that we would do the show, Car Gurus allocated one of the breakout rooms for me to do the show with that Wednesday from the conference. So almost immediately after doing the panel, we went to the breakout room, set up, and did the show, which was tricky because I was approached by so many people immediately after the panel and, I, and with conversations and whatnot. So I was like, hey, we, I, we're going over here. So we invited everyone to come into the room and we had a small audience there. It was really cool. Just a, a really unique arrangement. So this episode features that live show from the conference. And on the show with me was Jeff Vanderwall, who I just mentioned, who was one of the panelists from, from that panel discussion. So the first part of this episode features highlights from my conversation with Jeff about the panel. Now, right after that, El Patron joins us. El Patron is the general manager of Brooklyn Mitsubishi, 
who also has his own B2B entertainment show called The El Patron Show. Now, El Patron was on our show earlier in the year with Bowtie Terrence. Maybe you caught that. And a few weeks ago, I interviewed El Patron at the Fixed Ops Digital booth in Las Vegas at Digital Dealer 27. El Patron and his partners recently purchased a VW franchise in Brooklyn, starting from scratch. And so you'll hear us talk about that briefly as well. The mission is, uh, you know, the industry's behind, man. This the car industry is behind as much as people don't want to say it. You agree with that? Oh, yeah. It, is. it really is. Uh, te- technology, um, coaching, you know, training. It's just we need we need help. And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of vendors out there that are trying. Right. And, and, and that mentality that we have, oh, my God, the vendor's the enemy. You know, like, no, it's not. They just want you to do a better job selling cars and, and have a better process. So I believe that I'm going to have some of the best people in the industry, the influencers and the coaches. And uh, it should be able to change at least your mindset of, of uh, 2020, you know, it's a new decade coming. Now, after that, Jeff and El Patron leave, and we are joined by Mr. Paul J. Daly and Christian Jorn. Daly's a fellow podcaster. It's called Clarity Compressed. Great podcast. If you're not familiar with it, go check it out. Uh, and then he's also a business owner of a, uh, of a marketing agency called Congruent Story or just Congruent. I think that a dealer should focus their attentions, attention and intention on things that they can actually control first right. yes. because there, uh, there are a lot of griping in the industry about manufacturer relationships and there's nothing you can do. And so to focus on the things that you can change, like the new car business, everybody's at the mercy of whatever the incentives and offers are. They don't know until eight days into the month already when it's too late to really get a good jump on it. And so let that be what it is, but the brand experience and you know, the used car business is so much more control. Your brand presentation, so much more that you can control. Getting people to come to you because they want to buy from you, regardless of what cars you have, that is something that you can actually control. Now, Christian is the purveyor of Remora Inc., which is an automotive website, SEO, and technology provider. So the three of us get into conversation there, mostly about the panel and Carvana. So kind of piggyback on your point about like a great change, right? If you're going to make a great change in your life or any change, uh, that you're not going to see the results right away, right? And and so it's like if you're going to uh, dunk a basketball and you increase your vertical leap just a little bit each day, you're going to go through this long period of, I still can't dunk, right? I've and, been uh, trying it for like 30 years. And so you can, you can try, try, try and get super frustrated and you're hitting the rim, you know, and if you give up, then you'll never dunk. Right. And so, and you'll, and, and, but then when you do dunk, it's not like you woke up that day and put in this huge effort today, more than yesterday and more than, more than the day before. Right. It's about consistency. And, and I, I think that dealers have so much churn that, that you don't have this like long thinking a lot of times because you know the gm might not be there in a few months even and to finish off the conversation micah burkholz joins me and paul daly at the end talking about everything from roman chariots and space shuttles so sit back relax enjoy the podcast throughout the episode you may hear me chime in from time to time with some commentary and here we go 
Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Let's get this show on the road. You ready? All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this week's Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. This is our live weekly webcast on how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, October 23rd. Happy Hump Day and Boston Cream Pie Day. How awesome is that? <laughs> That's good. That's true. <laughs> it is Boston Cream Pie Day because it's awesome because we are here live in Boston doing today's live stream. Hopefully everything checks out. I got Jeff Vanderwall with me. Hello, hello. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's great. This is a whole new uh, uh, arrangement for us, but um, uh, no news items today. We're here at the Car Gurus Navigate 19 conference, the Heinz Convention Center. Jeff and I just got off of a panel, The Changing Face of Auto Retailing. We did. And yep. uh, we've, we've invited folks to come here and and continue on the discussion because, as you can imagine, we didn't get to cover everything in the 45 minutes there. All right, so we just got off this panel, The Changing Face of Auto Retail. Christian, I think there was probably 50, 60 people. I mean, it was pretty filled up. It was cool. I thought it was funny that I, at the beginning, I said, hey, does anyone have any, uh, you know, burning questions out the gate? No Crickets. One, yeah, nobody yeah, has a hand. But we knew. I knew by the end there would be. And we even get, I think we covered like three to five of them. Right. So, um, why don't you uh, give me your spin on, on, let's start with the panel. Yeah. I mean, it was a good panel. I think we had a really good uh, layout. We had, so, we had um, the Roadster represented there and then obviously uh, Carvana was represented there and it was a really good, it was a good mix of uh, the differences, uh, kind of the ranges of what's trying to happen in the landscape of, of car selling or where, where a lot of people believe that it's going. Now, obviously we certainly believe it's going that way. We have a business um, built around it, but the panel, uh, I think specifically, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but you know, the room was pretty filled up and it looked like a deer in the headlights for quite a bit of the, of the panel. And I think, I think the reason is, I think there's a lot of people that recognize that, uh, the landscape of the automotive industry, certainly the demand for customer, um, proper customer uh, experience is changing. But I just think people have a hard time understanding the context of how to get there. Mm -hmm. People meaning other dealers. And so I think there's a big, I think there's a biz, big disconnect between where most places are and where they want to go. And they're, they're looking for um, someone, something, somehow uh, to, to, to kind of plow the road there. And I think you've got a lot of third-party vendors that are trying to jump in that space. Uh, a lot of them are ex-car guys, which is a problem, right? Just, it, just conceptually. So from a panel standpoint, I think today was really good because it kind of opened the eyes of like, okay, this is where the car business has been in general. Uh, here's just a, a, an idea of where it's, where it's going. And I think that's why we had so many questions at the end. Um, and I'm sure we're going to dig into, you know, some of the specifics of the whys behind it. But it was, it was, it was a really good panel, I, thought, I felt like, for, for the most part. By the way, folks, again, we're, we're streaming live here from the Car Gurus Navigate Conference in Boston. Got a small live audience here. We got El Patron. There's, you're not asleep, are you? Okay, good. Okay, there you go. We're going to bring El Patron up here in a minute. Got Paul J. Daly in the back. Going to bring him up in a minute. Love it. Michael Burkholz is here. Christian Jorn. So we're going to get a – we got one seat here. We're going to start rotating people in. Uh, so El Patron, you're first. So why don't we bring you on up here. Uh, watch the cords and maybe go that way. Now, uh, Igor came in from the panel that we had 
with the question. We just didn't get, get a chance to ask all the questions. So why don't we take a chance now to, to bring your question up? Uh, his question really was, how do, you, how do you protect yourself as an organization when uh, you have consumers from out of the market trading cars in uh, pretty much sight unseen? You're taking their word for it. You have no recourse if they basically sell you a bill of goods. And, um, and then, you know, but they've got all the recourse on us if there's some sort of, some sort of issue. So um, it's a very good question. It's a very fair question. Listen, the truth of the matter is, I, I, certainly being at a, a, a conference like this, Really, people uh, look at dealerships as, I think consumers look at it like 80% of dealerships are, are bad guys, right? I actually believe that probably 80% or better are actually pretty good guys. I, I really, I, I do when you get into the nuts and bolts of it. Maybe some poor leadership here and there or whatever, but ultimately the system's broken, not the people necessarily, right? So I actually believe that's pretty true with consumers as well. I'd say the vast majority of consumers, especially if they're looking outside of their market, you know, and they're saying, hey, this is what I want as a really valuable customer. I think it does take some, some sales skill ability for someone to have a conversation with them. We don't do um, like, there's some organizations that you can submit your trade. We'll give you an instant value right this moment and then everything's good to go. That's, that's the reality of the human interaction of a car deal. And that is where the, the fully auto, automated digital purchase and trade in falls down and there is not a good uh a, there is not a good context right now to be able to trade a car in because of what exactly you said so all that to say you have to interview the customer and you have to be able to figure out whether or not uh they're trying to put you together but the reality is too is that we have customers that drive in all the time and do you catch everything at, at the live store when somebody comes in to trade in a car you drive it around the block of course not right so you miss stuff anyway right um, but we do put disclaimers in there like does the car we ask specific questions does it have hail right does it have any known mechanical problems? And we ask, you know, those types of questions. And then we do have them sign, um, a, uh, we have an actual official document that they, they're guaranteeing that it's not a salvage, flood, car, whatever, or, or any major mechanical defects. And, then if, and so we do have recourse if somebody comes back and says, uh, if there's hail all over the car then, or whatever, we, we do have recourse in that. I'm not saying it's not ugly to figure it out, but it, it's, it's, it's a little sticky. But, it, but it, you can put some protections in place for that because it's a lot of money. You're right. Absolutely. I had a guy say uh, on a, on the podcast once he said, if we're, if we're going to get cars to drive themselves, we got to get them to sell themselves first. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> and you're talking about all these, all these uh, components of the process that require human intervention. Yep. That's why when, when, when I hear people talk about digital retailing, auto retailing, saying the goal is to sell a car online and not have a human to me, that misses the point. Mm-hmm. It just misses the point. Sure. Uh, technology should always solve a problem. Uh, and there's, as we've discussed in the panel, there's lots of things along the way of buying a car mm-hmm. that, uh, that technology can get into. Um, so hopefully we answered your question, Igor. All right. So El Patron. Yes, sir. Welcome back thank to you. the show. It's your second time on the show. Yes. Thank you. I think, uh, you were with, uh, with you and Bowtie Terrence. That's right. Uh, was that earlier this year? I think it was this year, yeah. It's, it's yeah, I think it's like earlier. Yeah. So, what is what's what's new and different with El Patron since then? I mean, a lot of stuff has changed. You know, um, we just acquired a VW store, so we're excited we about that. Did. We officially right. did. It's it's on papers. <laughs> yeah, it's my store. Last time I talked, to you said yeah, it was up coming. in the air. Yeah, it was up in the air. So we finally, it was between that and Kia. So we finally got it. Um, now it's just a matter of. Uh, we broke ground, so we're trying to get uh, the building up. 
you know, a little facelift that we got to, the Germans are not easy to deal with. Now, <laughs> I can this is Brooklyn? Yes, it's going to be a, um, 1.9 miles. Okay. So yes, it's right there. So, but the demographic, I mean, it's a tier one company going from Mitsubishi, which is a tier three company. Uh, so it's like nine day, you know, yeah. paperwork, compliance and laws, and they, you got to follow everything, you know, the way they want it. Uh, but I'm excited for the challenge. There's a lot of challenges ahead of us right now. Um, Q1 is really the number where we're trying to like grand opening to go. And, uh, you know, the methodology of it is like, are you going to use your face? And I'm like, no, I don't think VW would allow that. But uh, we're going to use. You could integrate the El Patron show into VW. I think I want to try something different. Okay. Yeah. It's a good time to do yeah. that. I think I want to try something different. Um, maybe Rudy, more Rudy and that El Patron. You know, they just have the Johnny Cash commercial, which kind of blows me away that they got VW and some, you know, great American really? singer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so. cool. Cool. So the, the, uh, my performance manager, Kyle from Cars Guru, he is a diehard fanatic for VW. He actually has these lips tattooed VW. So he's like, yeah. <laughs> I think I just met Kyle helping out. I did not notice. Yeah. He, he builds cars from scratch and this guy's like, crazy so he's like more anxious than me to get the point you know it's like oh i'm gonna put you guys on the map so i'm 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 excited and you know i'm studying the brand right now i'm doing a lot of research and just to get ready for what's coming um you know i want to have like that digital experience digital retelling you know i believe in digital retelling a lot and it's just at least give the option you know i got a guy seven miles from me you guys heard of him right brian benstock he's uh Mm -hmm. you know he's doing it so and we don't have any parking just like him so why not so I'm excited about that. And the service department too. It's uh, the disruption. You know, we, we kind of started there and we're doing a lot of changes in the service department, which is, it's, it's needed right now. We can't just bank on sales. Congrats on the store. But yeah, thank you. This is an existing operating store. No, it's a new point that we acquired. It is. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. say acquired, so I was thinking it existed. No, it did not. You're launching. We're launching, launching a yeah, new store. a new Big store. Big difference. Big difference from, from, from ground zero. Exactly. So, okay. Yep. It's huge. Uh, it's a big investment for us, but um, we, we're very hopeful when we move forward that's going to be the right move. All right, two things I want to bring up. Yep. Uh, El Patron show. Yes. That's evolving. It I, is. I, I love the setup that you have. Thank I you. see that evolving. Yeah, we changed it a little bit. stuff on YouTube now. Yes. Consistently. Consistently, yes. Follow my lead. <laughs> you know, I got it. I got, listen, you got to copy guys who are doing good, right? It's, he's, he's great. You know? I, uh, t- His I'll content is good. <laughs> That's cool. I want to ask do. you about the Game Changer Conference. In a few minutes, we'll have Paul J. Daly coming up here. Yes. Who also does his own show and podcast. So we'll get a, you know, we'll kind of get, get his take on, on where he's at with things. Yep. Uh, Game Changer Conference. Yes. Number two is in December. Number two is in December, Fort Lauderdale, December 13, 14, and 15. And, uh, you know, the first one was just, right? Hey, we lost 100 grand. Why not? <laughs> We didn't know what the hell we were doing. It happens, you know, <laughs> hotels and this and that. And you got to happen once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got to pay the block, whether they show or not, guys, you got to pay the room. So whatever. But we did it. It was like 259 uh, dealers. I mean, people showed up. That's great. It was great. It was great and uh, very energized, you know. So I said, man, I got to step it up in 2019. So everybody kept asking me, are you doing the conference? Are you doing the conference? I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. Why not? But I said, I want to do it somewhere else, somewhere warmer, you know, so Florida, Miami area. So it's our Basel that week before. So everything's so expensive in Miami. So I was like, you know what? Let's push it for Fort Lauderdale. Easier for the airport and things like that. So it's going to be a three-day event. 
Um, I reached out to Alex Vetter, CEO of Cars.com, mm-hmm. and he's a super fan, and he's just a, a big sport. It's like Patron, no problem. He's like, I'll keynote the thing for you. Um, he so, likes you. So that was cool. He, he does. He does. He's a big fan, and he believes. You know, I interviewed him three years ago mm-hmm. at NADA, and I think ever since then we became, you know, very good partners, and uh, we, we're back and forth on LinkedIn all the time. And he was like, Sure, man, no problem. And he actually uh, touched that topic that I went to driving sales about become a disruptor, about being a disruptor in the auto industry. And um, I just liked the things that he, that he touched on. And I was like, I want that for my conference. What's the purpose of the – thanks, Igor, for stopping in. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Uh, what is the uh, – what's the mission behind Game Changer? The mission is, uh, you know, the industry's behind, man. This, the car industry's behind. As much as people don't want to say it. You agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Uh, yeah. te- technology, um, coaching, you know, training. It's just we need, we need help. And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of vendors out there that are trying, right? And, and, and that mentality that we have, oh, my God, the vendor's the enemy. You know, like, no, it's not. They just want you to do a better job selling cars and, and have a better process. So I believe that I'm going to have some of the best people in the industry, the influencers and the coaches, and uh, it should be able to change at least your mindset of, of uh, 2020, you know, it's a new decade coming, mm-hmm. 2020, 2030, right? So I think it's going to be good. You know, we were touching on this when I was saying that the, the consumer is who needs to be leading the dealer. That's right? right. The dealer needs to be pursuing. But here we have vendors that are not in the dealer world mm-hmm. trying to come up with solutions. Yeah. Right. So that, that could be an issue. And Micah, I look forward to having you up here in a moment because I, I think when you talk with Micah, uh, you know, he does understand the pain points that dealers go through. Sure. And there's, I think there's plenty of that, huh. you know, there is, I'm not in the retail business. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're a nice guy. I'm learn, you know, I, I learned <laughs> what the pain points are, but I'm not actually in the trenches. Right dealing with them yeah um and that's why i actually take a step back and don't try to pretend like i know how to solve their problems right you know i have ideas but i re- that's i like to bring people and have conversations how are you solving that problem right uh so that's you know so i think from a when i ask what the mission is of game changer first thing you said was the industry's behind which in some ways we're so far ahead too right we're yeah. but dealers don't have they don't have the luxury of innovation because if they don't profit, you know, if they don't profit, they, they go away. Of course. So that in itself is a, it's a dealer specific problem that, that they can't really get out. Because it's, it's one of the biggest and largest industry in the world, right? In the country, whatever you want to call it. But yet we're like the hardest to change. We're like the hardest people to change. We're stubborn people and egos. And it's just, we don't want to fucking change, man. Seriously. We don't, no. and 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 you you see the numbers is like, dude, like, and the ones that do are taking the they're taking the 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 grunt of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Good luck, buddy. No, no. Listen, I, um, I can I grab this mic? Yeah, please. please. Our listen. Uh, <laughs> the dealers hate the manufacturers. The manufacturers hate the dealers. The salespeople hate the managers. The managers hate the owners, and all the. People at the dealership hate the customers. It sounds like a great television show. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's what you're dealing with, right? And so you have to change the narrative from the get-go. And uh, listen, man, 
we are highly profitable, highly profitable. And so it can be done and it can be done really well. Um, You just have to change the narrative. And I think ultimately that's what you're saying is, but it, you know, it, it, it is, it's, t- it's tougher in the manufacturer world because the OEM world, because obviously you're constrained by what, you know, Two different ball games. and to interject, if a dealer is highly profitable, why the hell should they change? I mean, it's a loaded question. They should change because they might not be profitable right. in a few years. You want to evolve, but right. That's the I know the mentality of a lot of owners are thinking, not broken. Why should I change this? It's working out great but for me. That hits my point from earlier today when we talked about the panel. And I, I literally cannot believe I've never brought this up and I'm gonna use it for the third time today, which is seems like it's scripted. But the truth of the matter is, man, look at Blockbuster Video. I mean, it's another, it's a perfect example of man, Blockbuster videos were printing money. Yeah. Like you look at the 90s, whatever. And then I was thinking about them. I walked back over here from the hotel. Then you know, you're at McDonald's and you're looking at the um you're looking at the the kiosk there and they're selling these DVDs for a dollar a day, right? And and that got some traction. And how long did that last too before Netflix came in and did it? So the reality is, is that renting movies different than buying cars, of course. But but the demand, the consumer demand is what pushed that forward. Yeah. All, I mean, literally, it's, it's consumer demand. And so as a dealer, you can sit there and say, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna bow my neck and I'm not gonna change because we don't have to. But it, it's just a slow death. It's, it'll just be a slow death. You know, something that subtly, I think, trickled out in what you just said, the demand for, in, in the case of Blockbuster and Netflix, the demand for the content, that never changed. Mm-hmm. It was how the content got there. You know, a lot of people say, oh, the car business, the, the dealership model's dead, or, you know, car sales are going to go. Look, we're going to sell, you know, 15 million new cars for, you know, or more as, for, yeah. for as far as we can see, probably more. And we're going to sell, you know, 40 million units. That's not really going to change. Who owns it might change. Right. How those units are sold might change, but the demand itself is going to be there. Okay. So at this stage, Al Patron and Jeff are exiting and in come Paul J. Daly and Christian Jorn to kind of pick up from where we are leaving off. Where do we pick up from here? I'm going to let you lead the way. Oh gosh. Um, okay. Let's, let's tag off of dealers don't want to change. And, um, one of the things that, that from my perspective is like change is always hard and actually the human brain is wired to react to change. Just like there's a gun to your head. I had a organizational psych or a psychiatrist, Dr. Nicole Lipkin. And she said, well, when people have to change, literally it's a life and death situation because the human brain craves consistency because consistency is safety. So there's like a physiological thing going on as well. Um, But when it comes to changing, a lot of times the changes don't immediately show growth or show results, right? It's usually a long game. So I think that that is one of the things, you know, I I focus on the marketing branding side. And um, when you do good, solid marketing and branding work, the point is to grow long-term market share, long-term customer connection. And you can't do that with any one tactic. You can't do that in 30 days. And, you know, our industry in general is addicted to the tactical things that show you quick results and we get caught up in that 30-day churn. So I think that that's just another element. The OEM forces the franchise dealer to the 30-day cycle. Absolutely. That's not um, a circumstance that the used car dealer is forced into. 
maybe some of them are because we think in 30 day cycles, right? Mm -hmm. We pay bills monthly, yep. right? And so we think that way. Uh, but that is definitely something that no vendor or anyone can change unless the OEM changes the way they do. Well, on the new car side, on for sure. Side. Um, so I think that a dealer should focus their attentions, attention and intention on things that they can actually control first right. yes. because there, uh, there are a lot of griping in the industry about manufacturer relationships and there's nothing you can do. And so to focus on the things that you can change, like the new car business, everybody's at the mercy of whatever the incentives and offers are. They don't know until eight days into the month already when it's too late to really get a good jump on it. And so let that be what it is. But the brand experience and you know, the used car business is so much more control. Your brand presentation, so much more that you can control. Getting people to come to you because they want to buy from you, regardless of what cars you have, that is something that you can actually control. Yeah. Why don't you chime in? What, is, uh, what, what can dealers control at, uh, that is going to take them to the next level? Well, a lot, actually. Um, you know, uh, dealers with a spine can stand up to their OEM. Uh, you know, the OEM needs the dealers. No different than the dealers need the inventory. They need them. And uh, I feel like uh, what I see as success stories in this industry are largely franchise dealers that view the franchise as a sombrero and are a used car store. And an efficient used car service and used cars and service. And the sombrero just helps them get more for service and get more legitimacy to their used car store. But there's a lot of truth to that. It is, it's the reality of yeah. the situation They're for every dealer because cars, no so dealer is making money on new cars. Yeah. That's right. Whose fault is that? Um, well, there's, I mean, it's, they're setting their, they're setting the margins, right? So, so you have, uh, you know, uh, to kind of piggyback on your point about like a great change, right? If you're going to make a great change in your life or any change, uh, that you're not going to see the results right away. Right. And, and so it's like, if you're going to, uh, dunk a basketball and you increase your vertical leap just a little bit each day, you're going to go through this long period of, I still can't dunk. Right. I've and, been uh, trying for like 30 years. And so you can, you can try, try, try and get super frustrated and you're hitting the rim, you know, and if you give up, then you'll never dunk. Right. And so, and you'll, and, and, but then when you do dunk, it's not like you woke up that day and put in this huge effort today, more than yesterday and more than, more than the day before, right? It's about consistency. And, and I, I think that dealers have so much churn that, that you don't have this like long thinking a lot of times because, you know, the GM might not be there in a few months even. <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, the, the management uh, tends to turn over even. Uh, not just salespeople. And, and so with, with a constant, like, you know, you basically have to have these quick fixes. So the dealers are, you're saying they're addicted to them, right? Well, they need them because they don't have any kind of long-term plan. Typically they have a, at most a three month marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Here's a nice turning point in the conversation because Paul's company congruent story provides a certain level of content marketing and advertising for dealers, for auto retailers. And what I asked Paul here is what does he do when he's in talks with a dealer who clearly isn't going to live up to the message that they want his company to portray in their advertising? 
And here's what he has to say. Yeah, that's it's a really great question because the direction I was going to head is it's like, whose fault is it? And whose fault is it that we're in this 30 day cycle? Whose fault is it that the general managers turn over so quickly? I think that the dealership principal has to look in the mirror every day and say, be like, it's my fault and start there and own every single thing that happens in the store, own the market condition, own the brand message. And when you say it's my fault, that symptom that you talked about is because I think it's symptomatic of a larger thing. And it goes all the way down to the retail point is that I think car dealers would benefit by not thinking of themselves as car dealerships and start to think of themselves as organizations and retailers first having a great organization and internal culture Mm -hmm. is what creates great brand ambassadors, great brand ambassadors, what creates great customer experiences, great customer experiences is what creates great customer perception of your brand. So it starts on that side and they both work really well together. So yes, you cannot come up with a brand promise or promote uh, a great brand experience or, you know, build your brand on the back of something that's not really the case. Mm-hmm. You know, the process we bring people through is honesty, empathy, attention, connection, care, honesty. It has to be who you are or regardless of how much money you spend in ads or what you say, people figure it out really quickly if sure. it's not real. And what do you do in your case if you're not seeing that? You, I mean, it's almost like, you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you run up against it, but not just with, with dealers, but in all kinds of business like, eh, we could put a hundred grand into this. For, honestly, I won't work with it. I won't work with an organization that isn't the real thing because for me, it's part of your qualification. It's part of my qualification. And if, if I sniff that out, it's not going to, it's not going to go well. Number one, I know it's not going to work. Right. But aside from that, which could reflect poor on you. Well, I have to build a team that trusts my integrity yeah. and I have to attract, you know, talent from all over the country. If we're going to have it be a top tier agency. And the second that you start doing inauthentic things, the level of people that are willing to be on your team drops significantly too. And it starts to you know, pervert your culture. So absolutely. I, I won't work with someone who's not what they say they are. Yeah. And, and dealers really don't have that luxury. If, if a customer comes in and they don't, you know, yeah. you know, like their values or integrity, they, actually, they can't, they've still got to sell them the car. Yep. Right. It's two different, two different businesses, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, I, I want to say, cause we were talking about the whole um, car vending machine is that that model is not proven. Everybody's so, machines? yeah, Carvana, well, that's just, that's about your Carvana is not proven anything. <laughs> I heard you brought the house down. He asked, Brian asked, has anything ever gotten stuck? Like, what do you do if stuck? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I mean, honestly, when is Carvana going to make a dollar? Well, all businesses don't, you know, have a period where they're not profitable. And that's just part of it. Look, Uber's not profitable. Amazon just had a profit yeah, so a couple quarters I, ago. Mm-hmm. Amazon. So, yeah. So, you, it's with Carvana specifically, what keeps them alive is, is that they're growing market share and that makes investors happy. Mm-hmm. They still have to figure out how to profit, but that's, but, that's not something that matters. Really. See, but they're, they're different, right? They're not Amazon. Okay. And, and Carvana just burning investors' money because they've burned it already. But they're gaining they're, market share. They're just they're not burning it, they're gaining market share. Well, so they're taking they're 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 uh, taking the market, kicking the market, and taking that money that's and an setting it alight. That's an investor's choice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the reality is, investors <laughs> like I I want to do this because my payday is going to be huge. Yeah, it's their gamble. 
yeah and but where where is it like that's what's the, the question, that's the thing is like what is it it's like it's kind of like it looks like we work to me honestly <laughs> as <laughs> i say i think that's a really relevant example yeah. right we work because <laughs> right. it's it's all blue sky thinking and it's this philosophy uh-huh. that what we're doing is going to pay off but you said it when like 10 minutes ago is that carvana right now is playing by a different set of rules because they can. Well, because but, I guarantee but, but you, but shipping cars and reshipping them and shipping them back and shipping, so there's not enough margin. Right. Cars ship the car a, three times before I they had sell it. A group it. of right. dealers approach me after the panel, and they said exactly that. Yep. They said, they said shipping and delivering cars to customers, I can't do it. He's just like, I can't do that, and I'm like, then you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't profit and you have well, to. Well, the car dealer model that we have now, for all its flaws, is proven. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why there's so resistant block, to change. Like so was blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And that was Jeff Manderwall's point. He's like, if you if you don't change at all, you could you could be eliminated. So it's it's like this. It's like a race. It's like who's gonna who's gonna change fast enough and find it to work? Because if Carvana doesn't work, the next seven that sprout up, one will work, right? Or they just all just set piles on fire. They they will. There'll be a lot of money burnt. But I, 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 my opinion is that it's, it's never going back. It's never going back. Like it can't be unevent. Like it's highlighting a consumer demand. Now, like we know that consumers enjoy the in-store delivery experience. We know that Carvana can't offer that, but it is going to be some kind of hybrid in between. And it is a race. Is Carvana going to run out of money? Right. Investors are going to get impatient enough to say no. And then someone's going to scoop it up. Right. And then someone else is going to not have the burden of the cash burn. Amazon's going to scoop that. And then, so, so I I agree with you. It's a different set of rules. But also, what might happen is none of that. That's true. And they just run out. That's true. Yeah. That can happen too. I was saying philosophical. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying on the live stream right now. I want to change things up here. I want to get Mike up here. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah. Stick with us. We'll stick with us. All right. And here we are with our final segment of this episode where Micah Burkholz comes in to the mix and sits with me and Paul J. Daly to wrap up this conversation. Now, Micah, if you're not familiar with him, he's an eccentric guy, but he knows this business. He's been in this business for a long time. He presently is National Sales Manager of Marketing Intelligence at Vista Dash. So... Here is a, a data-minded person, but a, but a relationship-driven person as well. And you're about to hear Micah's spin on all this to really put a bow tie on everything you've just heard. So how's the conference been for Micah? Good, good. It's uh, had, had a couple of our clients, partners up here uh, speaking yesterday and had to come up and uh, support them here. So it was good. It's, it's been good, but... I think a lot of the conversations that we're having is, uh, you know, what's next? Who's who's on the forefront, right? What what's that technology doing? And I, I think a lot about um, space shuttles and chariots. Space shuttles and chariots, two things, right? The space shuttle, most technically Are you advanced. Ask what they have in common? What do they have in common, man? Do I, you know? I do know. You do know. I do you know? know? Do you know? Uh, no. All right. So this is pretty cool. <laughs> and then I think that we can look at where we are as an industry based upon space shuttles and chariots. The space shuttle is only possible because of the Roman chariot. Mm-hmm. The Roman chariot was two horses driving a guy in a, in a chariot, right? That width defined space travel. 
the width of a chariot because the Roman roads were developed by. Test me. I should have. Sure What's I after really that? Know. What's after the so, Roman road? Here's what a, happened? Here, here's the abridged version. So, in order to get the space shuttle to uh, the Kennedy Center to launch, they had to they had to transport it on train, and they had to go through tunnels. Yep. So they had to design it at just the right size so they could fit through the tunnels on the train, which were defined by the train tracks were defined by the chariots, the width of the chariots. Right. And where we are as an industry is we're on that spectrum. Each of our stores, each dealership is somewhere from the, on the spectrum of a chariot to a space shuttle. Now, ClearShift, uh, you got stuff like Carvana. They might be closer to that space shuttle. And yeah, they're expensive. Getting to space is not cheap. It's not. It's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to burn a lot of fuel to get up there. But where do we stop as a organization? Where do we stop as an industry? Where do we stop as growth, as a, as a people? We don't stop at the chariot. There's something faster. We don't stop at the train, right? There's something faster. We get to space. What's next? And where we are as an industry, we can see along that spectrum. So, yes, we're going to spend money. Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to lose $100,000 at a conference, right? But we're going to go with that next level. We got to push it further because if we're not constantly pushing ourselves, we're dying. We are. We got we to gotta tap in, like David Goggins says, you got to tap into that inner savage, right? Mm-hmm. You got to bust through that 40%, that, that, that 40% where we stop ourselves and tap into that 60. So a lot of what we're doing at this conference here is talking about, yeah, what, you know, this future. You know, the, this technology that may or may not be beneficial, but we got to try, right? We've got to put the effort in it. We got to find partners in this industry that are filled with, filled with integrity, honesty, empathy. They have, and I love that last, last one that you have on your slide, care. Care. That, um, you'd ask people at your uh, session if they ever met Gary Vanderchuk, mm-hmm. right? I, I met him before he came out with Crush It. Uh, my uh, late uncle, yeah, my late uncle was business partners with Dave, uh, with Tony Robbins, and he spoke at a conference. Uh, in and I was running mics and just having fun. It was just I had to do something, and he said, "I'm going to tell you the the secret to success that Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes won't tell you. Just care. That's it. Just care. And now when we partner, that push, yeah, I love it's that one, like mm, right here. But when we partner with the right people that have that care, that integrity, and you truly find that partner, the technology will keep up with the intention. And I think that's what we have to focus on is the technology matching the intention. Is it, is it, uh, is it giving us results? Are we selling cars? Are we selling it in a way that it's cost effective? So where in that spectrum are we? Are we stuck as a chariot? Great. Be the best chariot you can be. Right, but now how do we take it to the next level, and how do we start burning that fuel to get up into space? That's cool. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so that's what this conference has really kind of tapped in for me. Is where do we fit on that? Just to challenge that, because I, I don't, I don't, un, I don't dislike what you're saying. Right? Sure. You want a, a, a integrity and a caring industry, but in the world, even even the worst get ahead. Right. Oh, yeah. So not going back to the dealers. Not every dealer really cares uh, about the customer right and if you you know are you are you going to say that that's going to put them out of business probably not there, there's still going to be plenty of, of businesses out there that thrive oh, yeah. by not 
I th- uh, embracing that mantra. I think that's going to, ch- I think that'll change a lot. I think that the velocity of that is changing because again, now people know there's reviews, there's transparency that's right. happening. So I think forced it forces it. So I think as time goes on and wait till we hit a market correction, again, it's going to flush out not only the bad operators, mm-hmm. but people are going to have a decision to make. And the people who, the dealers who are known as the caring people, mm-hmm. much more valuable in a brand marketplace. And when a recession happens or the market takes a dip, there's a correction. Guess what? Brand is what insulates you from the downturn. And so the companies that do care, it will, I believe it will show in the amount they put into well, their the, brand. The I think it box, will make a difference. The big box retailers who are about profit and, and shareholders, that's what they are about. But, they, but that's, that's the business of it. The, the PR aspect, the brand aspect that they portray is, I'll agree, they, the c- caring and convenience, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the mm-hmm. promise that they're out. And the auto industry, we know, is consolidating. Mm-hmm. Over the next 10 years, we'll go from having something like 12 or 15,000 uh, owners to like eight or nine, mm-hmm. right? We'll, we'll probably have fewer, slightly fewer dealerships, but, but, but significantly fewer owners owning because it's all the consolidation. And so, yeah, I think we'll see that over time. Well, there's, I think care, like it's a good human trait to have. And I think there's not anybody would say like, oh, it's not good to be caring. Like that's always good. But I think caring also is very, very popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the new generation that's coming up values that more than the previous generation openly. Yeah. And so like when people ask me, oh, does this brand care about this? Does Nike really care about Kaepernick? You know, what's the deal? I think that companies, brands, businesses, publics, whatever, I think that they do and make decisions that follow public sentiment, which in turn make them more money. So I think even if it's not authentic, I think care will still be a deciding factor sure. in, in the successful, more successful versus the least successful. Did I hear you say Publix, a grocery store? Public, Publix. Not an, not an X. Oh, you didn't? A okay. Public. C, C, S, public I'm trade, like, public trade guy, company. You know Publix. I do know Publix. Yeah. I'm a, Weg- uh, I'm a, Weg- I'm a Wegmans guy. Store. Wegmans. Yeah, Wegmans. Wegmans. Uh, well, the, well, the other thing that we're, that we're seeing is that when we're looking at retail, and the big box store, you know, the big box companies investing in dealerships, they're not necessarily investing in selling cars. They're, they're buying data is what they're doing. That is, they are looking at the, the, the behavior of the car buyer, the mentality, and what other types of points of sale can they make connections with. Yeah. Data is oil now. That's data what it is. is. And the other aspect, I think it's a good point. It's not just about moving metal at this point, no. or as far as transacting units. Uh, you know, ownership models are changing, yeah. uh, and and dealers are the distribu- distribution points for mm-hmm. management services and transportation services. Uh, so, when I think of change, it's not so much how do we change how to sell a car to a c- customer on our website. That's not change, right? That's that's just a little bit of technology. To me, real change. Is, is how your model evolves. Right. Dealers are in a great spot. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows this business knows that dealers are in a great spot, uh, but they're also at risk if they don't uh, apply certain. Well, certain we had that conversation yesterday uh, briefly as well in the future of subscription base versus, mm-hmm. you know, is that is a, is a model, is that is a car buyer, the car purchaser model changing too? And it's not necessarily that people aren't going to stop buying cars. Who those people are might change. 
right? And what is, how does a dealer tap into those resources and what's available? Um, demographical data, you know, like you talked about in your session, which was great about this is a, uh, you know, uh, the uh, middle-aged woman buying a car, you know, is she a small business owner or is she a soccer mom driving kids? What are the little elements that are going to make the difference for her? What are the, what are the, what other uh, businesses and uh, what other opportunities can one tap into in order to market to them about other services that are offered? So, you know, having that, uh, that shuttle service, having the, the, the fixed operations highlighted within, you know, uh, variable uh, in, in ads is so key. Um, but it's also one that's missed out on a lot. And there you go. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, please share the podcast with at least two or three people. And head on up to the iTunes store or Google Play, wherever you listen, and leave us a review. Seriously, this is the best way that you can help us reach more people, which is important so we can continue bringing you this fantastic programming. Be sure to check out our website, autoconverse.com. Get yourself subscribed and start being part of the conversation. And if you'd like to tune into the live show, the best way to do that is get out your phone, which you're probably using right now, send a text message, text the keyword autoconverse to 64600. And every week, just prior to when we go live, we'll send you a link to the live show and you can watch it live or you can tune in later on the recording. Thanks again. Take care, everyone. This is Audiburst Media.